Welcome to Journal Talk, a weekly podcast about journal writing for passion, clarity, and purpose. Passion. Reignite that passion for the things and people you care about most. Clarity. Discover who you are and what you really want. Purpose. Get to the heart of life's issues to remember your divine purpose. And now, here's your host of Journal Talk, Nathan Oren. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 54 of Journal Talk, a weekly podcast with featuring tips, tools, techniques to inspire your best journal writing. And this episode, kind of unusual, this is something of a part two or a continuation of a theme that we started a few months ago in episode number 47. I did a show called Journaling for the Care of My Body. I'll put a link up in case you might have missed it, Uh, but we were talking quite a bit about yoga and dance, and it it was actually the episode of Journal Talk that inspired me to actually get started in a yoga practice. Uh, (laughs) So so, uh, I'm transformed by these episodes too, you know, I, I, I get a lot out of them myself. And we were talking about yoga and dance and using those in addition to journal writing to get in touch with our bodies and and taking care of ourselves and in that in that interview we hinted at the idea that it would be a wonderful thing to have a, a class somebody should invent a a class that combines those two things into one both writing and body movement in one workshop Well, today I have the pleasure of introducing you to someone who has done exactly that. Her name is Elizabeth Schwitzer, Schwitzer, and she is a writer, editor, mover, and educator. She's passionate about using language to articulate her physical experience of the world and helping other people to do the same. Back in 2011, Elizabeth started teaching workshops like the one I mentioned that that combine movement with writing exercises, and that's when Write from the Body was born. So uh, she's since then has developed several different Write from the Body courses uh, for adults and for teens. She offers a wide range of workshop options uh, from a casual drop-in Uh, session to a full weekend-long intensive. Now, Elizabeth lived here in Santa Barbara for a long time, and uh, she was offering these. uh, I wasn't even really aware of it, these these workshops that combine body movement with writing exercises. And the last one that she had, the last Write from the Body weekend, it was going on around the same time that I was finishing up the first draft of my book, and so I missed it. But since then, she's moved up north. And so unfortunately, I have never had a chance to experience this workshop myself. But the good news is Elizabeth and I have stayed in touch and we decided to record this interview together uh, long distance. So Elizabeth right now is currently based in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, She serves as the arts and entertainment editor of the Palo Alto Weekly and the Palo Alto Online. Uh, Her writing writing and personal essays have appeared in various newspapers, magazines, and literary anthologies. She's a former professional dancer 
and she holds undergraduate degrees from the University of California at Berkeley and an MFA in writing and literature from Bennington College. Uh, she also, if that wasn't enough, holds a second degree black belt in dynamic circle hapkido. So we'll talk a little bit about the martial arts in, in this episode. I'm really uh, anxious for you to meet Elizabeth. We had a great time. She's got a wonderful, wonderful body exercise uh, that you can listen to now and go and do a little bit later when you have uh, the time and the space to replay it. Um, and uh, one of my favorite phrases Elizabeth uses when she talks about journal writing, she, she called journal writing is a dance with your digits. Um, just to give you an idea of how fun she is and how she really does take to heart this idea that writing is movement and movement is writing and they take place together in the same body and they're basically two slightly different expressions of a very similar uh, thing and, and being in touch with yourself and, and knowing who you are and, and uh, growth and personal development. Please enjoy this interview with Elizabeth Schwitzer. And with me now is Elizabeth Schwitzer. Welcome, Elizabeth, to Journal Talk. Thanks for having me, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited because several episodes, several, several episodes ago, I hinted at the idea of doing a writing and yoga workshop. And, and I had already met you. We had met way back when you were living here in Santa Barbara. And I'm just so pleased. I'm so happy to have you on the show so that people can hear this is a real thing. People do writing and body movement together. We certainly do. <laughs> Very good. Could you? I've already given a little bit of, uh, of who you are, but maybe in your own words, could you share a little bit about your background and, and what you do? Yes, I can. So I am a journalist by trade, but the way I got into writing professionally was through my love of dance. I had danced professionally as a kind of young woman in my 20s, and then kind of just hungered to use my intellect a little bit and discovered that there was this realm of dance criticism. And so I got into journalism first by writing about this thing I love to do with my body, and trying to articulate in language what I saw other people doing with their bodies. So professionally, I did dance criticism and arts writing for a long time, but I kept loving to dance and run and do martial arts. I've always been very physical and really needed that outlet. And at some point, about five or six years ago, I think it was 2010 or 11, I decided mm -hmm. to start offering workshops that kind of combined both realms of my experience, and I really saw it first as an experimental laboratory where I would bring students in and we would kind of play with movement exercises and writing exercises and start exploring the intersection of the two and looking at how they informed each other. And so that was how Right from the Body, which is my series of workshops, that's how it was born. Very nice. Very nice. And you, you have those here in Santa Barbara and at the yoga center, one of the, the yoga studios here, and I missed it. You had like one little last final one weekend, and I had every intention of going, but I had missed it. But um, well, hopefully, I'll be back in Santa Barbara. I'm not too far away. <laughs> you 
good, good. And and we'll stay in touch so I can I can know about the dates. Tell tell us what what how do you combine these two things? Well, the short answer to that is by moving back and forth between the two realms. So I'll explain first, and later on when we do a little bit of a demo, I think it'll become clearer. But in a typical evening class, say it'll be 90 minutes, I'll usually begin with something in the body, usually something pretty slow and grounded. Often we'll lie down, close our eyes, do a kind of a breathing and visualization. So similar to what you'd expect in like a yoga class, mm-hmm. maybe almost like like a guided shavasana, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. the purpose of that is just to get people out of their busy day, out of planning what's for dinner, out of traffic, and into the room and into their bodies, which we all have the capacity to do when we just get a little bit of a space for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I might start with something like that, and then I might move from there into bringing the attention to your sensations, what you're hearing, what you're smelling, that kind of thing. Sometimes I'll do a more elaborate guided visualization, but often it'll just begin very simply in what the body is sensing. And then from there, we'll bleed into an actual prompt, a writing prompt like you would have in any writing workshop where the instructor says, you have five minutes, your prompt is, I remember, or your prompt is, I'm feeling. Uh, but my prompts often come straight out of what we've been experiencing in the room, so sure. maybe a memory based around a smell or uh, a part of the body that is aching today and what that part of the body might want to tell you. So we'll move from the body into the writing and then back and back and forth. And through the class, the body and the movement exercises start to get usually a little bit more physical and playful and dynamic as we warm into the space. Yeah, that sounds that sounds fantastic. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't know if I told you this, but I have just started my own. I'm doing some yoga practice for it's a return to it. And I'm seeing how much, you know, that whole headspace and really understanding who I am inside my body and being more aware of, you know, what needs attention and all of that. So it is. I've heard people say that writing is like a meditation, writing is like yoga, but now that I'm doing it, I can I can see how wonderful and rich if you blend these things together could really uh could really help. The the parallels are really obvious to me now that I've practiced the kind of bringing them closely together and just because of my lifetime of being interested in both body and mind stuff, but it's amazing how uh, strange it sounds to a lot of people. Any any combination of writing and movement sounds like it just doesn't belong together. You sit and you're still and you write at a desk or you dance around and you move and you're not holding a pen in your hand. And the idea that you could combine <laughs> both kind of mystifies people, you know. But once yeah, you get into it, it, you realize, oh, there's so much that these two practices have in common. There's so much. Yeah, yeah. My yoga instructor said the other day, if you're having thoughts pass through your head, just notice them and let them go and just keep noticing and keep letting them go. And thoughts just like blood through your, through your body, it's supposed to flow. Thoughts are supposed to flow through you. So just let them. (laughs) That's a great example of something we experience in like a yoga class where you observe your thoughts, but you don't cling and you practice letting them just move through you. 
and something that most writers experience, even journalers, which is a kind of a writer's block where you think, oh, that idea is dumb. Oh, that's, oh, I shouldn't, that's not the right verb. I need a better verb. Let me think for a while. And what I have writers do generally in my classes is practice free writing. So your pen mm-hmm. is moving the entire time that the clock is ticking. And if I give a 10 minute period to follow a writing prompt, you don't stop that pen moving. Even if what comes out of the end of the pen is blah, 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 blah. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I don't know what to write. And now I'm just writing nonsense and this is crap. And <laughs> the whole point of, of my exercises is exactly like that experience in yoga class. Just let the thoughts be what they are. Don't try to manhandle them. Experience what it's like to be in flow. And always something really interesting comes not out of sitting and pursing your lips and waiting for the perfect words to drop down, but more out of the flow state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And the connection of the experience of it. Yeah. yeah. Tell us what people have said coming out of these uh, courses. What's the transformation experience that people express when they've had a workshop like this? Yeah. I have all kinds of reactions from students. I, I had one male student who talked about something having happened in my workshops where memories that he'd had kind of locked away and in his experience they were kind of locked in his body somehow he had clenched it down on them physically and kind of held memories back from his early life Mm. and my workshops Mm. moving and writing and being given permission in a really safe space to move his body, he started thinking about things his father had said to him when he was five and thoughts about his mother, you know, just really old, deep memories. And they kind of came flooding back for him. So that's, and that's happened a couple of times that old locked of memories kind of come back to life. I have just a lot of students who come away feeling like they've been given permission to be who they are again. And they kind of haven't given time in their busy lives with their work schedules and their families to play and to get back in touch with their real stories and the way they like to express themselves when they're most at ease and most creative. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a really common reaction, just the freedom and the kind of playfulness, the open-ended quality and the, the permission to get back into the body, you know, without judgment. We do a lot of being silly, you know, we, kind of get past the reservations we all have about looking stupid and making a fool of ourselves by mm-hmm. shaking our bodies around to good music and, you know, just getting really safe and really comfortable together. And once you get into that space, yeah, people just talk a lot about feeling freed up and excited about their own creative projects that they want to return to. That's great. That's great. And it's such a universal experience. I mean, even aside from all of the you know, the, I, I would imagine self-acceptance issues and, you know, bringing back creativity and discovering all, like, even aside from all that, there's there's a whole other, I would think, universal element to this. Like, you could do this in a retirement home, you know, for some oh, elderly people who are, you know, struggling with their bodies in certain ways and, and have an adaptation of this uh, for, for elderly people. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I'm really clear about and have talked a lot about in my workshops is that I can't, I can't imagine the person barring, you know, an extreme enough illness that it would be inappropriate to even attempt any kind of workshop, say. I can't imagine anyone for whom this kind of work wouldn't be appropriate. 
There's no yeah. right. You don't need any writing experience. You, you you need some kind of language, and you need to be able to communicate that language with your pen to yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you don't need to to spell. You don't need a degree in English. You don't need to have ever done yoga. You don't need to be flexible. You don't need to have rhythm. There's you know there's no prerequisite to do this kind of work at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yet, and yet, it's so it taps into something so, so deep, so rich. It really should be more played with, more explored. Tell us a little bit, Elizabeth, about where you started getting interested in all this. You had given us a few little morsels there about your martial arts experience and dance. Uh, where did this start? How did how did Elizabeth become so engaged with this? Gosh, well, that's a big story. I'll try to make it a <laughs> concise one. <laughs> so uh, I'm just a mover and a body person, and I always have been. I came from a very academic family. Everybody pretty much it seemed like in my family had a PhD and, and taught and wrote and published. And I, from a really young age, felt like, yeah, yeah, the brain, that's that's good. I like to read, but I need to move. And I was three years old and watching a dance performance of children barefoot on a stage outdoors in Southern California. And apparently, I don't remember it, I stood up in the middle of the audience while watching this dance performance, pointed at the stage and said to my mother, I want to do that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I had spoken at three and I had some great parents and they put me in dance when I was three years old. Wow. I, I kept dancing all the way through my childhood. I quit in my teens because it was too girly and focused on appearances, and I kind of bailed for a while, but I rediscovered dance in college, and I just kind of kept going so into a professional career in modern dance. Very nice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that, that element has always been there. I like to feel what's going on in my body. I like to get better at articulating my experience in my body and kind of pushing its limits. But then the the impulse to want to think and use a language and read and write and use my intellect was always there, mm-hmm. too. So I, I yeah. did a college degree in art history and, you know, as I told you, got into journalism as well. So so the, the story of right from the body is a story of having had two strains in my life that the world always told me were separate. But in my experience, they weren't separate. I was one body that liked to move and liked to think and liked to dance and liked to write. And it was all happening in one person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I finally realized think, I can combine these things. It was kind of obvious. Yeah. And like you said, for other people, it's like, it's a, it's a profound discovery. Do you think that, do you think that other people, do you think that that's a natural thing in the human body to just have all of this together and, we have somehow as a human civilization separated them for whatever reason? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I can just see it in my workshops. There's really nothing. I'm not very (laughs) woo-woo. I'm not very inclined to make some kind of mystical meaning out of any of this. I simply offer writing exercises and movement prompts, and most people respond to it like fish being dropped back in the ocean. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's so oh, obvious. Yeah. It's just so yeah. it's just so obvious. Telling our stories, moving our bodies, it's it's really basic. And I I wouldn't go so far as to say that society is kind of 
broken, and that's why we've forgotten this link. But we, in order to, you know, be productive members of society and work traditional jobs, we tend to be in more sedentary positions if we're kind of white-collar workers. Um, Mm -hmm. or we're using our bodies in more blue-collar jobs. But either way, you don't tend to be doing both day-to-day in the work you do that that makes you an income. And so, you know, if you're a white-collar worker, you do your body stuff outside of work time, and those are separate realms. And, you know, that's just the way most of us have adjusted to the world. And (laughs) I just my body kind of defies that duality a little bit. I I try to bring them back together. Yeah, yeah, great. And I love what you wrote about, I forget exactly how you worded it, but the body sort of being the the vessel of your whole life story, your whole experiences, like like our body, it, it, what it reminded me is like our bodies sort of are the books that we've written in our whole lives. How did you say that? Can you express that? Oh, I think I've just said it. our body is where we store all of our life experience and, and our life story. It's, yeah. you know, where else is it if not there? Maybe it's in your journals. But the very act of writing, especially if you write by hand, and I always encourage my students in classes to write by hand unless they have some kind of you know issue with their fingers that requires them to type. But the mm-hmm. action of writing is a physical act. It's a dance with the digits. Mm-hmm. So, a dance with the digits. All, it all comes out of the body. It's it's very basic. Yeah, yeah, very good. Elizabeth, we'll take a quick break here. And when we come back, I want to ask you about any current stuff you're doing right now. And then to lead us through a little bit of a body right exercise. Will you do that for us? I will, absolutely. Okay, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Journal Talk. This episode is sponsored by EasyJournaling.com. Easy Journaling is the only website focused on digital journaling, serving a growing audience looking for the best journal app, online journaling tools, and the best digital journaling practices. Check out www.easyjournaling.com and receive a free download of The Three Things You Should Know Before Starting a Digital Journal. And now, back to more Journal Talk. Welcome back to Journal Talk, and I am here with Elizabeth Schwitzer, and uh, that's a fun name to say, Schwitzer. It just sounds I'm like a name that <laughs> just sounds like a a fun person, a fun. Uh, I can even I can even hear the pirouette or the what is that ballet move? You know, <laughs> sure, we'll call it a pirouette. It's the name with too many consonants and not enough vowels. That's what I always say. <laughs> that's great. And Elizabeth has been telling us about the uh, Right from the Body workshop that she's been doing in Santa Barbara that I missed. And she's moved up to the, the central coast of, uh, of California. Where are you now? We're now living in Mountain View, California, which is just south of San Francisco by a little less than an hour. All right. And you get plenty of sunshine there? No, that's the foggy, that's the fog land of California, we're not, right? We're not fogged in the fog like the city is, but it's it's not quite the sunny Southern California lifestyle. It's just a little bit more northern for sure. Yeah, yeah. You miss it down here, don't you? 
I do, but this is a pretty <laughs> dynamic place too. I mean, we, we, as I was telling you earlier, we live a mile from the Googleplex. This is the heart of the Silicon Valley. There's a lot of energy and a lot of innovation and creativity here. So hard to complain. Yeah, hard to complain. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, tell us a little bit about what you're doing there now, and then I will uh, ask where you know you can share where people can reach you, and we'll do an exercise. Great. So what's going on in Mountain View? Have you have you established a studio? Have you taken over the yoga studios there yet? <laughs> I have not taken the yoga studios by storm quite yet. Uh, we got here a few months ago, and I was lucky to snag a job not so dissimilar to work I did back in Santa Barbara. So I work as a journalist in the arts, and I am the arts editor of Palo Alto Weekly. So we're oh, nice. Weekly. Okay newspaper we cover local news and arts and entertainment and it's a pretty fabulous job if you love to write and you love to be creative with your writing and then meet creative people get out and see shows and meet artists and make plans for what people would want to know about so yeah so that's what i'm doing kind of in my day job and my night and my weekend job it's a pretty full-on project and a fun one and I'm certainly open to scheduling right from the body workshops in this region. I'd love to teach three or four in the coming year, at least. And then Santa Barbara is still my hometown. I have family and dear friends there, and it's only four and a half hours down the road if you step on it. So uh, I'll, I'll likely be back. I'll likely be back this year to teach a workshop, very likely at the Santa Barbara Yoga Center, which has been kind of my home base and supporting organization for right from the body for a long time. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Well, I can't wait. And I'm sure it's only a matter of time, especially since you said you're right there by the Google campus. I mean, the whole, that place is teeming with creative people, or at least people who are very hard thinkers and good, you know, analysts that want to be more creative, you know, they do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just written, it's written all over every product they come out with. Well, one of the great things about leading workshops that mystify other people is that there aren't that many competitors. There aren't too many people yeah. teaching body and writing yeah. workshops. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's a good thing. Maybe you start. You could start a school for it and and train other people to train it. It's a possibility, and <laughs> believe me, I have thought about it. Yeah, yeah. So, Elizabeth, we had talked about doing something that would be sort of like a writing exercise, but also include something with the body and. If you could kind of do, I know it's hard on a podcast because people are listening. And when they're listening, they're probably listening in their cars or, uh, right. you know, they've got an earphone and they're doing something else. But if we could kind of like do a condensed version of a writing and body exercise to give us a little sample of, of what you're talking about, could you lead us through one? I will. So, yeah, I think the obvious disclaimer here is if you are driving your car or lifting weights or carrying a baby or something, <laughs> you don't drop everything, you know, stay focused on the task at hand. And you can always listen to this section of the podcast, maybe with the pause if you need it in a slowed down version. But I'll give a kind of a slightly fast forwarded version of some exercises I might use to start off a right from the body workshop. Great. Thank you. So, yeah, my pleasure. So we begin by having you find a space where you were quiet and comfortable, ideally where there's not too much background noise or interruption. And I'd have you either lie down on your back or sit and close your eyes. 
And then I would encourage you to feel heavy. Just let your body be exactly as heavy as it is. Don't try to hold yourself upright or to be light. Just sink down and let your breathing be natural and easy. And so, of course, in the class, I give you a full minute just to sink into that, but I will mm-hmm. keep going right now. And then you can feel the places where your weight is settling into the ground or the chair or whatever surface is beneath you, really focusing on those places that come into contact with the ground. And then shifting your attention to other sensations. So starting with the temperature, noticing the temperature of the room or the place that you're in. Noticing textures. Anywhere that you feel roughness or softness. Noticing if there's any breeze. And then shifting to hearing the noises around you. Just kind of listing what you might hear in the distance. Sometimes I even direct students towards smells. Sometimes they get giggles. depending on what there is to smell. But the point of this series of questions and prompts is to get you back into your body. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Your senses, yeah. Yeah, and just use those senses. You have them at every moment, but we don't usually take time simply to get into them, savor them. So mm-hmm. one direction that we might go from here is I would then encourage the attention onto kind of roaming the body like you were one of those scanners at the grocery store scanning a barcode, imagining you're scanning your whole body. Yeah, you can even visualize a red laser, whatever it takes. And scanning for a place in the body where you feel some tension, some pain maybe, or just just tight muscles, some discomfort. There's no right or wrong to this kind of thing, but most people will settle on one area of the body don't have to say anything about it. Just kind of bring your attention to that place. Mm-hmm. And I'll encourage them to feel that area for a while. And then I'll ask, what does that part of your body want to tell you? What information is it holding? And this is a place where really the left brain, the very logical, linear thinkers will kind of go, mm-hmm. I don't know what my body's trying to tell me. And I just encourage them to kind of go with the flow, like watching your thoughts come and go. What does that part of your body want to tell you? Just See what happens if you entertain the question. Mm-hmm, Imagine mm-hmm. that your left calf actually has something to say. What might it say to you? And so this section of the prompting might have taken 10 minutes, five or 10 minutes to sink into this, slow down, get into the wow. senses, scan the body, find an area that has a message. What does it want to tell you? And then slowly I'll have students turn onto their side if they've been on their back, sit up, open their eyes stretch, get a pen, and start writing. And the beginning of the prompt is, what does this part of the body want to tell you? I want to tell you. And they are encouraged to write from the point of view of this part of the body and Mm. free write. So free write meaning keep your pen moving no matter what kind of nonsense, non-linear, non-punctuated, grammatically incorrect (laughs) S-H-I-T is coming out of your pen. You just keep it moving. 
and mm-hmm. in about 10 minutes. And so if you're doing this on your own with the podcast, set a timer. You don't want to be looking at a clock. You don't want to be thinking about when it's going to be over. You just want to move your pen, move your pen, move your pen until the timer dings. Yeah, yeah, very good. That part of the body, yeah. So that's just a very, very teeny sample of how we might go from being in the body to writing from the body. Yeah, and if that's if that's 10 minutes plus your five minutes of writing, that's 15 minutes out of an hour and a half workshop. I can't imagine. I can only I can only try to imagine how the other you know 75 minutes is going. Very good. Wow. So one of the great things about workshops is very different from say using this series of prompts off of a podcast alone at home is that a lot of what I do is develop trust and community in a small group of people. Sure. Um, Yeah. And so when you finished your prompts, I almost always give an opportunity to share. And when you hear the writing of somebody else in a safe and confidential space where nobody will ever leave the room to share what you've shared, Mm -hmm. some really kind of miraculous Things happen. I mean, that's a, that's an overused word, but some some pretty startling things happen. You hear your own anxieties and hopes and experiences of the world reflected in somebody else's story. You really develop a lot of empathy and compassion for the stories you hear. There's a lot of laughter. I always have Kleenex. One of the props I always have on hand is Kleenex and. I talk people in my basic guidelines through, you know, if somebody's having feelings, great. And nobody here is to be playing a therapist. And so we just let people have their feelings. Mm. <laughs> like We're just yeah. going to let people. And, and so there often are tears. And I think there's something pretty profound about just having a safe space where you're allowed to cry if you need to cry and being witnessed, but not having somebody pat you on the shoulder or say, Hey, it's okay. Don't, don't be a sad, don't be sad. Like no one's going to do that in my workshops. I don't think anyone's even ever tried. Yeah. Um, good. Yeah. Yeah. Or we have people reading their work and crying and it's very moving and it's, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's therapy, but it's just, it can be very kind of restoring for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We all cry sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So a lot of what we do is, is building trust and community. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine they want to come back and do it again another weekend. Yeah, well, yeah, I've offered ongoing series where it's a drop-in every week. I've offered weekend intensives for students who want to come and do two days straight of six hours of really immersive jump on in and just do it uh, right from the body. And that those are often my kind of diehard, dedicated, returning students yeah. who are ready for those that. Are the, those are the Bikram yoga people. Right, right, right. <laughs> or I'll do like a six-week series. So every Wednesday evening, 6 to 7.30 p.m., six weeks. So I've, I've tried it in a whole range of different ways, and they each have their up and down sides. But I like to build a small community and then keep that community consistent because you grow together. Absolutely, yeah, I can imagine. Or at least... Yeah, at least having a, like you said, a series of six sessions or something would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. That is, that's a great taste, and I can, I can just, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try that myself. Slow it down and, and push pause in my own private time there. That, that sounds like a great activity. 
And, you know, I could hear, Elizabeth, like I said, so many applications of this. I mean, this could be used in the workplace. You know, imagine if, you know, instead of, you know, people who go and take a smoke break for 10 or 15 minutes, instead of doing that, especially non-smokers who don't take a, a smoke break, you know, what if you just sat in your chair and closed your eyes and became aware you know, for just a few minutes, what's going on around you and use your senses and then write. I mean, it could be a profound experience right there in the office. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's no place where this isn't a useful and appropriate thing to be doing, I think. I mean, as the exercises get more physically dynamic, it might be hard to stand up in your cubicle and kind of flail around like a piece of spaghetti. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> There's no reason not to take a little break to sit and breathe and feel what you feel. Yeah. Great. Everything. Great. Super. Well, it's only a matter of time before before you take over those uh, those yoga studios there. Elizabeth, tell us how we can get in touch with you if people want to have more questions or or if a yoga studio owner would like to invite you to come and share this experience. Where where do people get in touch with you? Sure. So there are two good places to go, my personal website and the Facebook page for Right from the Body. So my personal website is lizzywrites.com, L-I-Z-Z-Y-W-R-I-T-E-S.com. Okay, um, and great. then my Facebook page is just facebook.com slash lizzywrites. So easy. So, yeah, either of those places are good places to go for updates on planned workshops, and then my personal website also has a little bit of background on me. My bio testimonials from students are on there. It's a little bit more of a thorough place to go, and it has my contact. Good, yeah, so people can send you an email or or whatever. Email, and there's a phone number on there as well. Mm -hmm. Perfect. All right, very good. Yeah, I love from students. You know, I'm open to other places as well. Because I work full-time in journalism, this isn't a full-time gig, so, you know, therefore not the workshop schedule all over the world at this point. But I have often considered traveling for Right from the Body. And if there are venues that are interested in bringing me out of state or elsewhere, that is a definite possibility. You know, it's, it's great. Possible. Yeah, great. Super. And since you were three years old, <laughs> I think that's a lesson for all of us. And I think it's something that will come back to you. You're, if this is something that you love and you stand up and say, I want this, you know, that's, that is, I, I think that's beautiful. That was a beautiful story because so many of us, we are, you know, we say what we want when we're young and, and we're, you know, told not to be selfish and not to expect too much and all of those good things, which our parents and other people, teachers, they meant well for us. And, and yet, you know, we, we squashed and to, to be able to revive that. And uh, I imagine in these types of exercises, you find the place in the body where those things can be revived from. Absolutely. And I would never want to make anybody who works a nine to five job that doesn't feel like their heart's desire feel bad about that. You know, I think there are so many ways up the mountain and life is full and complicated and we make all kinds of choices, but no matter who you are and what you're doing with your life, your body and your stories are yours. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot, there's a lot to be drawn from them and there's a lot of fun and joy and sorrow and 
play to be drawn from all of that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, guess I just think of these workshops as getting people back in touch with who they are. Yeah, yeah, very good. Elizabeth, can I ask you on the other side of the coin for just a minute? Because I imagine there might be people, you know, there's a lot of journal writing therapists, people who have very contained exercises, people who believe that, you know, it's better to start very small with sentence stems and, you know, simpler activities so that if something triggers a bad memory or if something triggers traumatic response, you know, what what do you say about that? especially in context of these workshops. I'm sure you create a safe environment and all yeah. of that. What if there's somebody who's much. afraid? I don't I don't want to re-traumatize myself with, with this stuff. What, how do you do That's that? That's a really, really great question. Well, I would say the primary thing I do in my workshops is I give an introduction at the start of every workshop that includes basic guidelines and facts about me and the workshop and what I offer. And one of those facts is I am not a therapist. I'm married to one, but I'm not one. And though right from the body experiences are often cathartic, therapeutic, even kind of breakthrough experiences, it is not therapy of any kind. It's not designed as a therapeutic tool, and I'm not professional in that discipline, and so I would never claim to kind of be caretaking anybody's mental health in that way. So mm-hmm. so right from the body workshops are appropriate for people who can agree to be responsible for taking care of their own mental health. And I think if you think that you are likely to be triggered in a way that would result in you being really unstable or really unwell, then right from the body may not be for you. But I've certainly had people come in. Of course I have. You know, all of us really come with wounds and with trauma in our backgrounds. And I've certainly had people come in feeling a little bit unsure and uneasy and had them commit to taking care of themselves and had them have really satisfying and not always easy experiences in workshops, but be able to kind of take that back into their therapy sessions, certainly, and into their Mm -hmm, marriages mm -hmm. and their family lives and integrate what they found in the places that they have that help them hold all of that outside of workshop. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I hope that that makes sense. The workshop can bring up all kinds of things. If you think that you are not in a stable state to have a lot of things come up, then it might not be for you. But if you have good built-in systems to help you manage them, then I invite people to come give it a whirl. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, that that was that's exactly what I needed to know. Mm-hmm. Super. As we wrap up the episode here, is there anything else that you would want the Journal Talk listeners to consider or anything else you'd like to share? Gosh, no, only to reach out and get in touch if this is something that kind of resonates with you or excites you in any way, and also to feel free. I mean, with the exception of taking my name right from the body and and going and creating a very similar kind of workshop, which I guess I would feel great about, I just want more people doing this kind of work in general. So whether it's with or through me and right from the body or on your own or with your friends, Let's all be more connected with our bodies and write about our lives. Beautiful. Yeah, well said. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Elizabeth. It's been great staying in touch and and making this interview happen. And best of luck to you in the Bay Area there. Have fun creating. I know it's a matter of time. And let me know when you're coming back down here for a workshop. I certainly will. Thank you, Nathan. All right. You bet. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. 
This episode of Journal Talk is copyright and brought to you by Write for Life, a web resource for living with passion, clarity, and purpose through journal writing. Find us online at www.writeforlife.us, spelled W-R-I-T-E, the number four, L-I-F-E dot U-S. Thanks again for listening to Journal Talk. Da-da-da.